chapter 4, we're going to start with verse number 2. Colossians chapter number 4 and verse number 2. The Bible says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Verse 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this fine morning, Lord. I thank you for the sunshine. I thank you for being one day closer to spring, Lord. I praise you for these wonderful, wonderful folk who have come out this morning. I ask that as we turn our attention to your word, and Lord, the time is so short, but I pray that your Holy Spirit would have the ability to do whatever he pleases. I ask that not one single heart in this room would be um, hard. I pray that no one would be uh, unwilling to let you move. I ask that in this, this group of folks, Lord, that you would do a mighty work. Lord, do a work that only you can do. I ask this all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Last Sunday, um, talked at some length about salvation and the importance of knowing within that you're a Christian. But once you know within that you are born again, and you know within that you are a child of God, then you need to show it on the outside. One of the fellows and I, uh, last Sunday morning for a moment, just chatted about that. But folks, it is so important that we let the world know that we're born again. The Bible tells us in the book of James that faith without works is dead, and it is. If you have a faith with nothing to prove it, with nothing to back it up, your faith is pointless. Your faith is empty. In the next couple of weeks here, um, we'll see how far the Lord takes it. But I want to look at some things, some very practical things about our faith being shown by the way we conduct ourselves. And folks, let's be perfectly honest. That is how we conduct ourselves, all right? That's how our faith is shown. We prove it by how we live. I really want to focus in on one verse this morning, and it's, it's not a dynamic message. But it says in verse number 6, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. A real simple verse. But folks, the way we speak, the ability to speak well, is such an important thing in Christianity. I want to say some things here before we really jump into the message to help you understand what I'm trying to get across. You see, the ability to speak well is not an orator's gift. It is not a politician's game, and it's not a preacher's talent. The ability to speak well biblically has nothing to do with oratorial skill. It has nothing to do with mental manipulation. It has nothing to do with the gift of the golden tongue or the gift of gab. The ability to speak well begins inside of a person and accurately manifests itself on the wings of the words that we use and the method we use to deliver them. The expressions we're going to look at today mean nothing 
with the words. But with the proper heart behind them, they can and will mean the world to someone else. You see, folks, words are an incredible tool. You know, as children, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But the truth be told, you'd rather gotten hit in the head with a stone than have somebody call you some name. You don't remember how many times you got beat up as a kid. Now, maybe some of you do. But I will tell you what you remember. You remember when little Johnny called you that mean thing at school. And you remember getting teased. And you remember getting made fun of. And you remember those times far more in life than you'll remember when somebody just punched you in the back of the shoulder or something along those lines. Those things fade. You know, bruises heal a lot quicker than the insults and, and, the, and the hurts that come from the words we use. You see, words are a tool, but, but I want to say this. See, the things and the expressions I'm going to give you today are, are expressions mo- many of us are very aware of. We're, they're very common in, in our language and in our vernacular of today. But what I want you to understand that unless they're delivered properly, they mean nothing. And you'll see what I'm saying in a moment, but folks, it is so important that the heart and the mouth are on the same wavelength. Because sometimes we pay, we, we call it lip service. You know, I mean, a, a child is, is disciplined and dad sits down and says, son, this is what's going to happen and this is your punishment and this is what's going to happen, all right? You have no choice. Do you understand? Yeah, dad. Now, they said, yeah, dad, but I promise you, there are a lot of different ways to say, yeah, dad. Right? Now, folks, what I want you to get today is is you say, oh, these expressions, they're beautiful. They're wonderful. We should use them every day. But unless the heart's with it, you're wasting your time. And so I would beg you to understand the importance of that. Now, we're going to look at five or six expressions today that talk about our speech. And, And by the way, folks, the way you handle yourselves when it comes to talking is really probably one of the most important ways you're going to conduct yourself as a Christian. The Bible tells us, again, you go to the book of James, and there's all sorts of stuff about our tongue. But when we cannot control our tongue, folks, the Bible says we, we, we're in a heap of trouble. The Bible says that this little thing is set on fire of hell. All right, this, that, little, that little thing inside of you is probably the most, the most difficult body part to control. Because honestly, have you ever gotten mad and said some things you wish you had never said? Husbands, you're still paying for it? Ten years later, yeah? Uh, You wives, you act like you don't know what we're talking about. But we get carried away. and So what we're talking about today is real important. The way you speak, the way you speak, and what you say. The first two are ones that you've all heard before, but they bear repeating. The first term is, I love you. Do you know that everybody likes to be told they're loved? No matter how unlovable they are, no matter how much they want you to think that they hate you, they like to hear I love you. Folks, I mean this. I mean, the most unloved person, Brother Hager, likes to hear that he is loved. I promise you, he's a trucker. And truckers, they don't don't need anybody telling them that. But I promise you, he loves it when his wife says, Mike, I love you. Mike, do you love that? Does she ever say it? Once in a great while. (laughs) He's got to earn it. You know, I'll tell you this, Mike even loves it when his mother says, son, I love you. Mike loves it when his pastor says, hey, Mike, you're a dirty, rotten trucker, but I still love you. See, 
that term has so much power behind it. The most famous verse in the world is John 3.16. And really, do you know what it is? It's I love you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, not only does he say I love you, but he defines his love with a gift. God says, I love you. And folks, let me say this. You say, oh, that sissy stuff. No, God doesn't think so. I mean, Romans 5.8, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I could sit up here and quote verses for the next five or ten minutes where God says, I love you. We won't do that for time purposes, but I want, what I want you to understand is God is willing to say, I love you. We ought to be willing to say it as well. Now, folks, understand something doesn't mean anything unless the heart's behind it. Husband, you know, you've gone to those, those husband and wife classes, and, and, and you heard the instructor say, now, husbands, tell your wife I love you. Love you, honey. No, 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 no. You've got to say it with feeling, man. You've got to say it so they can see the heart behind it. Well, well, I said it. What's her problem? You didn't mean it. Right? I mean, you, 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 well, well, well I, I, I'm doing what I'm told to do. Folks, do you know everybody knows when you're doing what you have to do? Have you ever done something that you had to do and you wanted to make sure everybody else knew that you didn't want to? You know, guys, they institute a new policy at work and they threaten your job with it and you do it because you have to. Yeah? I've been there. I've done that. And you say, these retards, what's their problem? I remember when I worked at a building store here and you had to wear glasses, safety glasses, when you walked into the factory. That was so stupid. I never got anything in my eyes, ever. The only thing I've ever put in my eyes are contacts. I got them in this morning. I know some of you are worried I don't have my glasses on. But, but I thought, how stupid. And I remember all of us guys thought that was the most ignorant rule. And so you know what we'd do with our glasses? We'd put them on the top of our head. We were wearing them. Yeah, we were so smart. That's kind of like you saying, ah, I love you. Doesn't mean anything. The words alone are empty. The words alone are meaningless. Folks, the, the, the heart and the mouth have to be on the same wavelength. Understand that. But that term, I love you, is priceless. I mean, there are some children, they grow up and they never hear, I love you, a real I love you from mom and dad. And they grow up insecure and they grow up frustrated and they grow up angry and they grow up and really a lot of them make some terrible decisions because they've never heard I love you or they haven't heard it enough. Husbands and wives will divorce. You know why? Because of lack of I love you. You say, but it can't be that simple. It really can if you can, use, if you can learn to use some of these expressions today properly, it'll revolutionize, revolutionize your life. It'll change the way you conduct yourself with people. And let me say this. You can't say I love you truly unless you truly mean it. All right? When I tell Mike I love him, and I've told Mike Hager I loved him. You say, oh, gross. It is kind of gross. I mean, you've met Mike. But I love him. I do. I love him as a Christian brother. I love him in the Lord. Mike's just squirming. He's going, oh, my word. He's saying this publicly. My reputation's ruined. But folks, when you say it, there needs to be something behind it. There needs to be something with it. But use that term. Our society says, oh, you can't do that. No, it's okay. It's okay. You know, Brother Dahl tells our kids in the school all the time, he says, kids, I love you. He doesn't say it in a perverse way, in a nasty way. He means it. He loves them. He wants what's best for him. He wants to see him serve God. He wants him to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. And he says, kids, I love you. And young people, today let me say this. Don't be afraid to tell mom and dad you love them. 
you know, you 15-year-old hunk of man. <laughs> I can't tell anybody that. Yes, you can. You know, I still tell my father I love him. Sometimes I don't, but I still tell him that. I'm kidding. That's not true. I'm 34 years old, 34 and a half. I'm not ashamed to say that. Folks, learn to say I love you. Secondly, and you know this one, say I'm sorry. Say I'm sorry. And by the way, just so you understand, when you say I'm sorry, say I was wrong. <laughs> we, we men are very good at this. We get into a battle with our wife, and you call it whatever you want. Could be a war for some of you, I don't know. But when, guys, when you say, I'm sorry, say, I was wrong with it. See, we'll say sorry because we know our, they're the magic words. We're released. I'm free. <laughs> say, I was wrong. It works for everybody, by the way, just not men. It works real good for men. But folks, learn to say that. You know, Learn to really, truly say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. It was, it was my fault. It was my mistake. I made an error. I was wrong. Who likes to say that? Anybody? Because if you do, you're lying. But learn to say it. I mean, learn to say, hey, I'm sorry. I, I, I was wrong. I was mistaken. I, I, I was at fault. Thirdly, this one goes hand in hand with the second one. After you're done saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong, thirdly, say you're right. <laughs> Ladies, I'm going to tell you right now how to get to a man's heart. Tell him he's right. I'm, I'm not kidding. And, and women, I'm telling you, today you think, if I tell him he's right, he's going to think he's right about everything. Now, you're probably correct. But if you tell him he is right, he is going to think he is the biggest genius since Albert Einstein. And he is going to walk around and he is going to think the world of you ladies because you know why? She thinks I'm right. Nobody else does. My boss thinks I'm an idiot. My parents never thought I'd get out of high school. My grandmother refused to come to the graduation. But my wife thinks I'm right. Learn to say you're right. And also along with this, learn to say I agree with you. Folks, far too often, and hold on here, okay, I... I I know some of you think, oh, it's just so warm and cozy and cuddly. But learn to say, hey, you're right. You're right. You made a good choice. You know, folks, sometimes there are some difficult decisions that have to be made. And do you know what happens when difficult decisions come along? Everybody except the guy or the gal who has to make them runs for the hills. Seriously, because nobody else wants to be accountable. I, I pity people who are, who are I, I was told about six months ago that the buck stops at my desk. I don't like that. I don't like being the guy who has to make that final decision. But sometimes when somebody is put in that position and they make the right decision, don't be afraid to say, hey, you did a good job. You were right. Well, if I do that, they'll get a big head. Why don't you let them worry about that? You do what you're supposed to do. You have the proper spirit. You have the proper attitude. And you do, and you say what you need to say. The fourth thing here I want to mention. <coughs> fourth, fourth term or fourth expression 
this one here. We're going to have fun. Is I disagree. I disagree. Now, just so you know, you don't use this one a lot. All right? But when you are asked what you think, don't be afraid to say you disagree. Folks, our society, we're so afraid of anybody telling us we're not right. It's pathetic. The last time I checked, I'll just give you a personal example. I'm 100% human. I have red blood. I have flesh. And I am not infallible. I'm sorry to burst some of your bubbles. I'm not. I don't, I don't always look at things the proper way. My perspective is sometimes a little biased towards me. Sometimes my, folks, and, and let me say this. There are times when I've sat down with my wife, we've talked about things, and you know what? She has told me she didn't necessarily agree with me. Now, she did it very nicely, and she let me down very easily because I am a male and I have an ego. But you know what? I was so thankful that she told me she didn't agree. Let me say this as well. Folks, do you know that other opinions are not necessarily a bad thing? I, I mean it. I, sometimes different opinions help us to see the whole ball of wax. Well, 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 I got my focus. I know you have your focus, but there might be another side to the picture. There might be another side to the story. And if somebody was willing to say, I don't necessarily agree with that, maybe it'd save you a whole lot of trouble. Now, folks, I'm not telling you to fight. Don't think that today. But sometimes it's okay to say, hey, I, I disagree with that. There are some fellows in the church that I will talk to when I have a decision to make because they will tell me they disagree. Now, some of them tell me that all the time. But sometimes I need to hear the other side of the story. My father, if you've ever talked to him, dad disagrees with everything. I told him the other night, I said, dad, if the first four guys said they all agree, you'd say you disagree. Isn't that right, Brother Leo? You ever been with my father? He disagrees with everybody. But sometimes it's good to get a different perspective. I'll talk to Brother Leo sometimes. Brother Leo has told me, Pastor, sometimes I, I, don't, I don't see eye to eye with that. Now, he's not angry. He's not bitter. He's not frustrated. He just says, I got another opinion. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean my opinion is going to change. What it means is I'm going to see the whole thing. Folks, don't, don't be afraid of that. See, it's a golden expression because we've run away from that. Oh, they don't agree with me. I don't want to talk to them anymore. Sometimes it's real healthy to sit down and say, you tell me your side of the story, I'll tell you mine, and let's figure out what the best plan of attack truly is. Folks, it's, it's so sad. We're so scared of that. Well, well, I, I, just can't, I just can't handle that negativity. Because someone tells you they don't agree with you doesn't mean they hate you. You're acting like I'm telling you something brand new. Folks, I mean this. Just because my wife doesn't always agree with me doesn't mean she hates me in that area. It means she disagrees with me. I remember the first time that we disagreed, we'd been dating, I don't know, maybe a year? Maybe a little better than that. She was very gracious. I was 19, 20 years old. I knew everything. Doesn't every 19 and 20-year-old? Yeah? I remember we went out to a football game, and, and we were cheering. I was cheering very hard against one team because I hated the other kid. I'm serious. There was a kid on that team I could not stand. I thought he was the dirtiest little, you finished the statement. And, and, and I was cheering hard against him. I was being obnoxious. And I remember my wife and I talking afterwards, and I said, Debbie, did I, uh, did I embarrass you? And you know how your wives do that, guys? 
oh, they're lying. And I remember we disagreed. And by the way, she was right. I was wrong. I just admitted that. Amen? It's been about 10 years since that happened. But folks, don't be afraid of saying, hey, I disagree. You know, I was reading something the other day, and in the last year, year and a half, there have been all sorts of get-rich-quick schemes. They call it, I think they call them like Ponzi schemes. All right, you, you get in, and, and you do this, and you get these people in. They're a scam is what they are. And a lot of older people get taken into it because a lot of older people took a lot of hits in their 401K programs, and so they're scared to death about retirement. And so they're jumping into this so-called investment to try to get rich real quick. You know, sometimes it wouldn't be a bad idea for some of you who are friends. By, by, by the way, the Bible says a, a, a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Sometimes a friend says, I think that's a bad idea. I think that's a bad investment. I really don't think you should go that route. And this is why. And, and maybe your friend won't agree with you, but at least you have the friendship capable of not always agreeing. You ever heard of the term agree to disagree? That's what real friends do. That's what real strong relationships do. Sometimes husbands and wives, they, they look differently at, at, at how to discipline the kids. Yeah? I mean, mom is the patron saint of every child, and dad is the royal judge and executioner and all that stuff. And, 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 and mom says, oh, don't hurt them. And dad says, I got to discipline them. I got to do what's right. This needs to be done. And you don't agree on it. You agree to disagree. Strong relationships handle that. They can disagree, and they can agree to do that. Folks, I'd really encourage you today because some, some, of, you, some of you are looking at me like, oh, I, I can't do that, but, but you have to. You have to. Something I was reading about several months ago, there's a bunch of, ah, it's, it's garbage, but got a bunch of married couples who will go out for one night and for one night they'll they'll basically say all bets are off we're, we're single people we'll do whatever we want no strings attached it's okay wives to say I disagree that's garbage well it's what everybody else is doing I don't care what everybody else is doing I disagree that's wrong you see, folks, we, we've gotten into a state where, where we, we're just afraid of that. We're afraid of, oh, friction is bad. No, friction's a good thing. It means there's movement. It means there's, there's, there's growth, all right? Sometimes when you rub each other the wrong way, it's because something good is happening. You need to work through it. Folks, let me say this. Do you know what makes a great relationship? It's the differences. It's not all the similarities. I know what draws you together initially is probably the similarities, but what keeps you real strong is the differences, I mean, what keeps you healthy, what keeps you looking at life properly is when you and somebody else look at something differently and say, you know what? Huh, I still love you in spite of that. That's what makes us strong. That's what makes a relationship healthy. The fifth term, and I'll get off that one. I lost you, but this one's going to kill you. The fifth term is no. No. That's a golden expression. When my wife and I were dating... I wanted to kiss her. Again, personal illustration. I'm a man. I have red blood. I have flesh. I wanted to kiss her. She said no. The first kiss we had was at the wedding altar. The minister, who was her father, try that on for size, guys. 
said, I now pronounce you husband and wife. You may kiss. He didn't have to finish. Amen. I was there. But I waited because my wife said, no. I asked. I wasn't stupid. You know, you don't get something unless you ask for it. I didn't get it until we got married. But folks, understand, see, see, she learned to say no. You know, good things come to people who wait. Good things happen when you say no. Sometimes it's, help, it's real healthful for your kids to hear no. Your children do not always need to hear yes. And by the way, just so you understand, they need to hear no from mom and dad. Not dad said no, let me go to mom, or mom said no, let me go to dad. Sometimes it's real good for them to hear, I can't go out till midnight. Well, all the other 12-year-olds are. Uh-huh. No. And parents, if you're a good parent, you say, what would you do if everybody lined up a bridge and jump? Would you jump too? You know, I don't know, parents, we've been using that one since Adam and Eve, I'm guessing. But, but learn to say no. Man, learn to say no. Parents, folks, I'm, I'm serious. Hey, young ladies, learn to say no. If that guy wants to do something immoral with you, say no. And if he presses the issue, hit him in the head. But say no. Say no. By the way, I'm going to say this right now. Guys that are real men will respect that. The guys that are, that are not what they ought to be will move on. And by the way, you want them to move on. That kind of fellow you want to hit the road. Learn to say no. I mean, we're so afraid of that. Oh, but, but they won't think I love them. Do you know that God tells me no sometimes? I say, God, I'd like a million bucks. And he says no. Folks, I've told God that. I'm not kidding. I've told God, God, it would be so easy if you would just give me the money. I would give a lot to you. I would help a lot of people. I'm not kidding either. I would. I mean, I would, I would help a lot of people. I wouldn't live extravagantly. I'd pay all my bills. God, if you just do that for me. And God says no. Every time I ask, he says no. Now, I'm going to ask and ask and ask because I'm stubborn and we'll see how far I get with him. But God says no. God still loves me. God doesn't hate me. God's not against me. God's my biggest friend. God's my best ally. But God still tells me no. I don't, that doesn't bother me. I mean, folks, honestly, we, 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 we've grown up in this society, and this society tells us, well, you can never say no. No will cause tension. Tension is good. It is. I mean, folks, we, we, we get so caught up in this stuff. I tell our when, our, when our couples come in for premarital counseling, I always tell them, don't have any kids, no kids for two years. Now, I can't be the boss of that because I'm not that capable. But you know what? It's helpful. But, but children are a blessing from the Lord. They are. But no kids for a couple years is also okay. I told Keith and Janet that, and they're almost there. Folks, learn to say no. You say, but, 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 Pastor, if I say no, they won't, they won't, they won't, they won't, they won't fellowship with me more. They, they won't talk to me. Then they probably weren't that close a friend anyway. And, folks, I'm not trying to burst your bubble today. But we are so against using some of these terms. And, folks, I'm not, you don't have to say no like you're, you're a bear that just came out of hibernation. You can say no in a, in a positive way. No, son, you don't need to play with that. You're not old enough to play with shotguns. Oh, but it'll damage his psyche. 
No, it won't damage his psych. He'll grow from it. He'll look forward to it. I think it's kind of sad that sometimes our 16, 17, and 18-year-olds get to adulthood and they really have nothing to look forward to. It's because mom and dad never learned to tell them no. The last one, I'll get, I'll get you all back here, okay? The last term this morning, term number six, is thank you. Thank you. And this is one that, that, that I, did, I almost didn't include it because I thought it, it, it seemed so, I don't know, almost, almost irrelevant. But folks, you know, we, we don't, we, we're not thankful. I mean, you, you, you talk to people, and folks, people, and I mean this, people that do things for a living, people who work in a, in a sector of our society that deals with business, they really feel unappreciated. I mean, we have forgotten how to say thanks. That was a good job. Thank you. You know, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful expression. I mean, it's a wonderful term. But learn how to say thank you. Hey, thanks. Hey, thanks for making me breakfast, honey. Guys, think about that sometime. I mean, your wife gets out of bed before you do, and she goes to the fridge, and she thinks to make something that you would enjoy. Thanks. Thank you. A lot of marital counseling, I'll tell you this, revolves around the wife feeling unappreciated. And she doesn't want you guys to get a better job. She doesn't want you necessarily to even bring her flowers. What she would like for you to do is to notice and to say thanks. Hey, I appreciate that. Folks, learn to tell each other thank you. When somebody gives up their seat for you, say thanks. When somebody helps you find the right hymn number in the book, say thanks. Learn to look at someone and say, that was a good job. You know, uh, yesterday, just, just for an example, and it's not an example, it's a true story, but, but, but Brother Leo going roller skating. Brother Leo goes roller skating with those kids, and Brother Leo is not a roller skater. Lois, I hate to tell you that, but you didn't meet him on the roller skating floor, did you? No. All right? Brother Leo isn't, isn't, isn't the steadiest on his feet, but he, he goes with those kids every year. And you know what? He needs to be thanked for that. I mean, those kids, if you see that, those kids are trying to kill poor Brother Leo out there. They really are. They're out to get him. They're out to take him down, not on purpose, just because he's out there. And he needs to hear some people say, thank you, brother, for investing in the kids. Thank you for taking the time. That was a good job. And then after he got done roller skating, he drove them home on the bus. The highlight of his day, he got to go home. But, but folks, what happens is so oftentimes we, for, you know, we, we get so self-involved and we say, well, why doesn't anybody thank me? I'm not concerned right now with other people thanking you. I'm concerned with you thanking others. See, these are golden expressions that you use, not that the other guy uses, not what, how other people treat you. It's how you act. It's how you perform. It's having your speech seasoned with grace. Knowing how you ought to answer every man saying, hey, let me, let me say thanks. Let me look you in the eye and say thank you. Thank you for doing that. Good job. I appreciate that. That was a blessing. That was a testimony to see you out there. Thank you. We say, oh, they know I'm thankful. No, they don't. No, they don't. Folks, I mean this. Some of these things we talked about this morning. If we just learn to use them properly, 
they would really do a big time job in our lives. I mean, sometimes, and I'm not nearly as thankful as I ought to be, and I'm terrible with being thankful for those closest to me. But there are people, when you go up to them and you say, thank you, I appreciate that, they look at you like a cath looking at a new gate saying, what? You're thankful for what I did? I don't know how to respond. And I think that's sad. That ought not to be the case in Christianity because when people are faithful and people love the Lord and people serve God and people stick with you and people are there for you, be thankful and express it. Say, honey, I know we didn't get along too well this morning and I beeped the horn 27 times before you got out to the car. But thank you for putting up with me. Moms and dads, don't be afraid to tell your kids thanks. Last night I called home, and my goofy little girl, she is, I don't know, she's not criminally insane, but she's insane. I'm talking to my wife, and we were talking over a couple things quick before I came home from church, and I hear somebody just bellering in the background, not, not screaming, I think it was singing, and it was. I asked my wife, I said, what, what, who is that? She said, that's Emily. She's singing about frankincense and God. I really don't know how those two go together, but they go together. But I look at that little girl, and, and sometimes that little girl needs to hear, hey, thanks, Emily. You're a, little, you're a great little singer. Good job. Thank you. Folks, it means so much when somebody pays attention and somebody notices. It really does. You think, hey, somebody does care. Somebody does notice me. I know I'm not the best. I know I'm not the biggest. I know I'm not the greatest. But they noticed. I must be doing something. I must be doing something that's right. They said, thank you. Folks, it would go so far if we'd learn to speak properly. Learn to say, I love you. Learn to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Learn to say to the other guy, you were right. Learn to say, I disagree, properly. Learn to say no. And lastly, learn to say thank you. Thank you. Good job. Folks, as I look at it, what God gave us, we commonly refer to as God's Word. We read several passages in the Bible about one day when we stand in front of Him, the greatest reward given to a person is, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. It is not rewards that we seek. It is our Father speaking to us and saying, good job, thanks, you were faithful. That's the highest reward in heaven. The words that come out of our mouth mean something. Hey, Christian, hey, you say, hey, I know I'm born again. I got it within. Let's show it without by the words that come out of our mouth. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet, every head bowed, every eye closed.
folks, this morning has been so simple, and, and sometimes I almost feel guilty bringing a message like this, but I think the truths that we looked at today in the expressions we talked about, having our speech all the way with grace, seasoned with salt, there's so much power to that. Every one of these terms today, I could have taken you to Bible reference after Bible reference and showed you exactly that God teaches us to say these things. What I'm asking you, number one is, are you saying them? Number two is your heart in it. My friend, I'd really encourage you in that way. And friend, if you're here and you've never accepted Christ, would you take God at his word? See, what God says, he always means. God's heart is always in his word. And if you've never accepted Christ during the invitation, if you'd come down to the altar, I'll have someone show you from the word of God, someone who knows the Bible well, how you can be born again. And Christian, if the Lord just laid something very simply on your heart, on how you speak. And there were so many other things I wish I could have said today. But folks, the words you use define you as a person to other people. Learn to use them properly. As the instruments begin to play, if you have something on your heart, you come down to the altar. Just so you know, when I asked my wife if she'd kiss me and she said no, I said, why? <clears throat> she said, because we're not married. And I've taken care of that. And for the last 11 years, she has no excuse. Amen? <laughs> Isn't that good? I come home and she has to kiss me. I took away her excuse. Huh? <laughs> but they come up, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, folks, if we can learn to speak properly with one another. And I'm not... I know I'm a pastor, and, and so I, you know, I, I speak a lot. 
I do. But folks, it's not the practice that gets it. It's the heart and the mouth working together. I mean, I've heard people stutter and say things and say, 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 I, I love you. You know, I've said that to other guys, and it takes them back sometimes. <laughs> and they'll say, I, I love you too, Pastor. Real quick, real quiet. But it's from the heart. And that's special. And folks, you learn how to use these expressions properly. And you learn how to speak to one another. And I promise you, you will show your faith by it. People look and say, well, why, 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 why are you thankful? Why did you say thanks? That, that shatters some people, man. It messes with their head. And you can tell them why uh, you can be thankful because of a God who's given you so much. But folks, I'd, I'd really beg you, this matter of speech, oh, it's powerful. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Come on back tonight for the service at 7 p.m.